This is Sam Anderson, lead pastor at Central Church. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. We started out in week one uh, tackling this idea of silent killers. First of all, silent killers is this idea that these things are things that attack us when no one else knows. You know, it isolates us. It's not something that someone asks about. It's not something that someone can check in on. It's something that gets you when you're by yourself. It's something that can sink the ship, and nobody knows that the ship is going down but you. And so we started out in week one talking through guilt and shame and how guilt and shame is just such a strong, silent killer. It gets us by ourselves, and we just feel like we're not good enough. We feel like we don't belong. We feel like we're not worthy to belong. We're not worthy of love. And so we had uh, Tim share his story coming out of, like, a super conservative uh, religious upbringing. And then we had Rich share about some childhood trauma that caused uh, uh, shame and guilt moving forward into his adolescence and teen years. And so we talked through all of that in week two. Um, we talked about something that churches don't really talk about a lot, I don't think. Uh, but we talked about body image and how that's related to self-worth. And how um, that can be a silent killer, that that can attack you in the silent. Nobody walks up to you and says, hey, how you doing with your guilt and shame? Hey, how you doing with your body image today? Everything good? Like, that's just, those are just not questions that we ask. And so it attacks us under the radar. And so we talked about guilt and shame. We talked about body image and self-worth. We had Jackie Dunkelberg and Lori Mitten share um, parts of their story and sort of uh, what they've come through and what they've experienced, what they've learned through research and study and all of that. And so that was a really, really powerful conversation. And then last week was week three, where we talked through unforgiveness. And unforgiveness is a silent killer. It's, we, we, we quoted Anne Lamont last week saying that, you know, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping that it kills the other person. You know, it just, it destroys us. It puts us in bondage. It ties us up. It, it, it weighs us down. And so we talked with Carmen and uh, she shared her story. And if you don't know Carmen's story, listen, I'm not going to give it away here, but you have to listen to the podcast. It is ultra powerful ultra powerful, and we talked through unforgiveness and how she carried that um, through her adolescence, her teen years, even into adulthood, where she didn't begin to deal with some of that unforgiveness and that bitterness um, until just a few years ago, and, the, and so she shared sort of her process and uh, how things have kind of shaken down for that, and so today is uh, our fourth installment of this CC Conversation, Silent Killers. Uh, CC Conversation series are a little different. Let me let just um, kind of catch you guys up to speed if you're new this morning or visiting or checking it out. Um, typically, we open God's Word, we open the Bible, and we take some passages from it, and then we talk about it. And, how, and then we think, well, how can we apply this to our lives? You know, it's a very exegetical approach. Like, hey, here's what the Bible says, here's what we should do about it. Here's what the Bible says, here's what we should do about it. Here's what the Bible says, here's what we should do about it. Well, CC Conversations are a little different. We do these two or three times a year, and this is where we say, okay, God's doing something in people's lives, right? God's telling a story in the stories of our lives. And so we wanted to highlight some of those stories. We wanted to highlight some of the things that God is doing in individuals. And we can look at that and say, man, that's powerful. Man, that's God at work. Man, that's the Holy Spirit making stuff happen in the here and now. This is incredible. And so the idea is that we sit on stage and have a conversation about their story but you're privy to the conversation, and the idea here is that as you listen to their story, you're able to see God move and see God work and say, how can I apply that to my life? How can I experience God the way they're experiencing God? How can I interact with God the way they are interacting with God? How can I trust God and depend on God like they are trusting and depending on God? Does that make sense? And so that's sort of the way this, this jives. So if you're here for the first time this morning, you're thinking, oh my gosh, they're a bunch of heretics. I don't even see a cross in this building or a Bible on stage. They're going to hell. 
That's not the case, okay? We love Jesus. We love the Bible. We're all about those things. But this is just a different approach, a different approach to community, a different approach to following Jesus together. And so I've invited uh, my friends Tara and Mateo to sort of, sort of share their story this morning about, about um, grief and loss and sort of the process that they've gone through, their journey, some of their challenges. And so will you join me in welcoming uh, Mateo and Tara this morning? Excellent. So um, for many of you guys, you know, we have a 915 and 1115 service. And so we had, um, before the 915 service this morning, I, I pulled these two aside. And I was like, okay, so who wants to go first? And they both pointed at each other. They're like, ugh. And like, it, it wasn't rehearsed. And so you went first last time. Do you want to make her go first this time just to keep all things fair? Let's do that. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Is that cool with you, Tara? Okay. Matilda's like, yeah, yeah. Let's great idea. This. Yes, absolutely. Let's go. Right, so let's do that. So, so Tara, you start us off. Um, just sort of share with us. Um, your relationship and journey with grief and loss and sort of how that's affected you, played out for you, share with us. So um, 2012 was a crazy year for our family. Um, a little backstory is I have an uncle, I had an uncle who was a, a chaplain in the army and um, he had visited us August 2011. They were doing a movie. Um, my dad used to pastor at the Tabernacle Church, 12 Mile Shaner and Hayes area, and um, my dad hadn't heard from my uncle in several months, and he knew something was going on, and so fast forward to March um, 2012, he went missing, and my cousin posted it on Facebook, and it was just kind of like a spiral from there. Which, going missing in the military, that's kind of a big deal. You're like, what the heck is going yeah. on? And so all these questions arise. Yeah. There's, so like, conspiracy happens? theory and yeah. stuff going on. Like, yeah. somebody took him. I mean, yeah. like, like, it was a huge, yeah. Yeah, huge investigation. Yeah. And uh, what it came down to is he had actually committed suicide. And um, it was just, it really devastated our family. We were just like, how could this happen to us? Yeah. And later that year, I, um, well, a few months after that, I found out I was pregnant. And then October that which, same which, year. Which you guys were praying. Yeah, we had been praying. For a long time. We had been struggling, trying to get yeah. pregnant, people praying, and yeah. this miracle happens, you know. And, just and so you're thinking, okay, out, out of this sort of, you know, suicide situation, blowing up the family, and you find out, oh, pregnancy. Yep. Cool. That'll bring like a. Some joy. Some, some joy to the situation. Back. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, October happens to be infant and. Uh, pregnancy awareness last month, and um, I lost the baby that month. Yeah. And it was a missed miscarriage. I had gone to the doctor that same week. Everything was fine, and by the end of that week, I had I actually lost the baby at home. Okay. And so that was that's sort of where you're coming from. That's mm -hmm. your perspective. That's your story. Yes. That's and that's all in the same year. In the same year. And so it was a lot to process, mm -hmm. a lot to take in, a lot to handle. Okay. We'll we'll get back to that in a second. Mateo, share with us sort of where you're coming from. What's your relationship and experience with uh, grief and loss and all of that? All right, so uh, it started probably about, it was February of 2017. I had lost my brother to um, a heroin overdose. Um, he'd struggled with addiction for probably about seven years prior to that, so it was something he'd overdosed before and just made it. But um, that was something that my family was kind of like weighing the options, kind of like preparing for. But yeah, you know, one of those things is like, well, this is a real possibility. 
but you never actually think like right it's gonna happen yeah right and then um so one one it was a morning my uncle called me and he's like hey like you want to go get coffee or something and uh I was like, yeah, like, whatever. And he grabbed me, and we went to get, get coffee. And on our way back into the car, it was a Tim Hortons parking lot. He was like, he just broke down. And, like, my uncle was, like, really, like, stoic. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so he just broke down, and he was like, he's, he's gone. He's gone. And, like, instantly, uh, you know, I knew what it was. And, um, you know, at first it was, it was just, like, <laughs> your worst nightmare came true. Um, yeah. Me and my brother were really close. Okay. And so that's sort of your perspective of where you're coming from and mm -hmm. sort of what you've experienced. Okay, so um, once the – see, so I struggled I struggled initially putting this as part of the silent killers thing because at first, initially, when you experience loss and things like this, you go through a, series, a, a, a season of mourning and grieving and all of this. And in that time, people are, like, all around you. You have a great community of people saying, hey, how are you? What's going on? Can I pray for you? Let me – you know, checking in, making your family meals, those sort of so those sorts of things. But then when that stuff stops, like a week or two later, and everyone else goes on with life, and everyone else gets back to work, and everyone else kind of s seemingly goes back to normal, oftentimes we're left like still there, like really heavy, still there, right? And so that's why I, I, I was I was a little nervous to to include this in the Silent Killers, but I feel like today is 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 not. Today is not necessarily you're not allowed to feel pain. You're not allowed to grieve. You're not allowed to mourn. Like, that's not what this is about this morning. This morning is when that stuff becomes something that weighs you down. That stuff becomes something that is now shaping your life moving forward, right? Mm -hmm. And so when, at what point, after everyone, you know, was checking in with you and all the initial attention died down and stuff, when did you guys realize that that grief and, and, and loss and all this stuff was was sort of weighing you down, that was sort of like you were stuck, if you will. You know, what, what sort of happened for you to be like, oh my gosh, this is, uh, this is still very, very fresh, very real, all right now. You know what I mean? Um, so my husband and I, we were on staff at the church that my dad pastored at, and um, we were the worship pastors and the youth pastors, and at that time, just obviously dealing with one situation, then another situation happened. I... I could not find the sense to get up. There was, like, no motivation. There was, um, I was a hairstylist at a salon, and I shared this in the first service. <laughs> he asked me if somebody, was it, like, orange hair? If somebody yeah, somebody with orange hair, orange but, hair the next day? Um, that wasn't popular at the time. <laughs> that would be popular now, but um, I actually jacked up somebody's haircut, and <laughs> that was not like me. <laughs> And what I didn't share earlier, too, is the person's hair that I was cutting, she worked with children that had um, chromosomal imbalance, and that's what I lost the baby to. And yeah. so it literally, while I'm cutting her hair, I just started spacing out. Like, I remember my head was just spinning. And so even trying to get back into the normal routine, that was one thing. And then singing on the worship team at church or being involved in ministry, I just... I had no sense of doing that at all. So, so what? Ha like, at what point did you realize, like, man, this is, I got to do something about this. Trying to get the motivation. I needed that motivation to get going, and I, I, I was missing my joy. Mm -hmm. And um, my husband.
was when he's like, you got to get out of bed. You got to, you know, these kind of things. And um, so, like I said, I wasn't singing. And one Sunday I was like, okay, I I guess I'm ready. And I got up and I just felt this weight start coming off. Okay. Okay. What about you, Mateo? What, when did you come to the realization or come to the point where you're like, man, I'm stuck. I'm still here. I'm not processing this. I'm not like, I got to do something. Honestly, um, you know, majorly it's, uh, of course, worked out, and I'm on the better half of it, but um, there's still times where it's, like, really fresh, you know? Yeah. Especially when it's somebody that, um, like, growing up, we were, like, all, like, every week, you know what I'm saying? But as, you know, you get older and battle with addiction, there goes, like, months where you don't see him. So yeah. sometimes it's, like, oh, I'll come back around, you know what I'm saying, yeah. like, in your head. But, yeah. um so the first time it hit me really, it's probably a month or so after the funeral. Um, after the funeral, I was just, I was, I was honestly just numb, you know. After you experience like a, a huge hurt like that, it's, it's hard to feel really anything else. And um, so after that, that month, I was just pretty much working, going to my room, sleeping, watching TV. Like, yeah. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. And my friends came over and like, I mean, if you know me, I'm pretty, like, relationally driven. Like, yeah. I love relationships. I love people. Yeah. So they were like, we haven't seen you in, like, a month. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. It's like, I know this hurts, blah, 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 but we got we to gotta get you, like, at least hang out. Yeah. You don't have to say anything. Just come hang out. Yeah. So I had just noticed, like, the the emptiness. Um, when you lose somebody like that, that's that big of heart. Especially, like, when you feel, like, that deep of a friendship with somebody. That was, like, my first friend. Yeah. So I don't want to really, like, branch out relationally because that I just got hurt in that yeah, area. Hard. Yeah, You know. So um, that was whenever I realized, okay, like, I can't remain a hermit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I had to start pushing myself out. And okay. So which brings to the next idea here. What, what exactly did you guys do, because I'm sure any of us who have experienced grief and loss and all these things, we, we get to that place. We get to that spot where we're like, man, I'm, I'm just stuck. Um, this is heavy. This is, you know, I, it's been a long period of time, and I'm still just, like, right here. What, what, I guess, did you guys do intentionally or maybe even non-intentionally looking back? What did you guys do to sort of overcome or push through? I mean, I'm sure, like you said, it still comes up. It's still a struggle. It's still a hurt in your life and in your story, you know, it doesn't just go away, but what did you guys do to push through or to overcome to continue to move forward? Um, I had to come to terms with the things that had actually happened. I had to accept it, even though I didn't want to accept it. Um, that doesn't mean you forget it, Yeah. but to accept it, that gives you the faith that you need to move on, and that's what opens the door for healing to mm-hmm. start taking place. Um, you know, I I knew I was isolating myself, and one thing I shared earlier is like I'm I have an outgoing personality. I love people. I love talking and just getting to know people, loving yeah. on them. Yeah. And I started. I was so withdrawn. Um, a lot of people, like he was saying, there was people who noticed. Like, okay, your attitude's different. You're not. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd get crabby and (laughs) just, I don't know. When you're hurting and you're not dealing and you're not processing, um, you can become a different person. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 
And so I just, um, one thing was like, okay, I have to accept it. I don't have to forget it, but I have to move on. I still have to live life. Can I mm -hmm. isolate myself? Mm -hmm. um, because that's what the enemy wants us to do. He wants us to be isolated when we're struggling. Um, and so getting in my word was huge. Mm -hmm. Finding some scripture and then also getting back in the place of I'm called to sing, I'm called to worship, and um, that's where I really started, where the healing began, okay. just doing that. It was when you kind of put yourself put out there and stepped out, out and yes. said, okay. Uh, so it started in the head mm -hmm. before it worked into your yes. heart? Like it was a head yes. thing, like I know I need to be doing yep. this. I know, like I know this is true. I know this yep. is true. I know this is true. Yeah. I'm going to pursue those things that I know are true. And then, so it went from a head space to a heart space eventually. Yeah. And then start taking action. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Mateo? Um, a lot of similarities. Um, like I said, like I'm, I'm on a better half of it now. Um, but one of the biggest things for me was realizing like the positive in it. Um, so since he had passed, this was probably, so that was two years ago. This was probably about a year ago. I spent a lot of time with my aunt. And, um, you know, she just, she's become like a bigger voice in like the recovery community. So I would like go hear her speak and stuff yeah. like that. And like, just in one of the nights I remember coming home and I was just like, dude, this was like her family too. They're yeah. just as close. Like, why, why, you know, why she's using this for something so great. She's helping out hundreds of other people. And I think that was like one of the big positives for me. It was like realizing that you could use this for a positive. Mm -hmm. You know, like it would be selfish for me to still gr like grieve so intensely whenever there's like hundreds of people being helped through that. Yeah. And uh, so that was a huge one. And like Tara said, it was just like acceptance. You know, you got to, some things in life, it's just like, this really sucks. But it's the way it is, and nothing I do can change that, mm -hmm. you know. And not in a negative sense at all. It's just like starting your, your life on the next foot, you know. Because yeah. it's hard whenever you lose somebody who's a big part. Yeah. But life, the show still goes on, as they say, you no, know. No, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so there was a couple verses specifically, because getting in your word, like, helped me as well. Um, the crowd favorite, you know, the first one everybody learns. John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. <laughs> you get in trouble. They're like, go memorize a verse in the Bible. You're like, uh, John eleven thirty five is the shortest passage in the Bible. It's Jesus wept. John knows that one, right? Yeah. Everyone. <laughs> now look. Now you all learned a Bible verse today. Don't you feel super holy? So, um, in that that scripture in that passage, John or Jesus had left, lost like somebody who was very close to him the beloved, you know, mm -hmm. and um, just knowing, you know, I know other people go through that, but someone like my Savior went through that, you know, it says in the Bible, he experienced all the hurts we did, so yeah. like just clinging to that, knowing that I wasn't alone in that, and that like mourning was okay, Yeah. and then um, also Psalm uh, 56, 8 says, you keep track of all my sorrows, you have collected all my tears in your bottle. And that goes back to just knowing that I wasn't alone in the process. And that's just comforting because, yeah. you know, even if somebody was, like, experienced kind of the same thing, you just, you still want to be, like, human nature. Like, no, they don't understand. Yeah. But it's you, different for them. You know God. For me. Yeah, <laughs> you know God understands it. Like, that was just so comforting. And probably, like, the biggest one on the, um, the positive upswing whenever I, like, realized that with my aunt. 
and stuff like that was um, Romans 8, 28. It says, for God works all things for the good who love those who love God. And um, that was around the time where, like, if you all know Lecrae, the rapper, he came out with a song called 828, which is about that so verse. So, look, let me, just, um, let me just interject here for those of us who are not millennials. Um, <laughs> Lecrae is a Christian rapper. Uh, that is not an oxymoron. There are Christian rappers. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had a song about Romans 8.28. Correct. Correct. Okay. Just so we're all on the same page here. I see a couple nods thanking me for that interjection, and you're welcome. You've been edified in Christian You guys are rap. like, Lecrae, record, 8.28, I'm lost. Uh, uh, does not compute. But, yeah, okay. So, um, like, just that, like, even something that's so terrible, um, you know, like, do I believe that my brother Seth could have been, like, that was a part of God's inevitable plan? No. But do I believe that he worked it to the good for those who love God? Yeah. Like, and even my life has taken a positive turn since then. Because I think after you do, like, a, a big loss, um, it kind of, the next step is a, a recreation of you. Yeah. Like oh, for of, sure. It yeah. shakes you to the cord. So yeah. you're like, all right, what am I left with? Yeah. What am I going to do now? And, um. So, like, just a more positive lifestyle out of me, for sure, since he's passed. And, you know, so just taking the good with the bad, focusing on the good there. Yeah. No, yeah, that's, that's huge. That's, and that's so hard to do. That's so heavy and so hard to do. So let me, um, let me end it with this. What sort of advice or encouragement would you guys share with others who are potentially facing the same sort of challenges, maybe navigating the same thing. Now, obviously, obviously all of our stories are not, um, you know, as intense, p- potentially, you know. Um, but we all face loss and grief in a new number of ways. It doesn't just have to be through death, right? I mean, it could be the loss of a relationship. It could be like, like a dating relationship, engaged relationship, marriage relationship, whatever, where you grieve that loss. It could be the loss of a career, you know, of a, of a job that you've been working for 20, 30 years, and now you can't, you don't, and you don't know what's next, and you, there's a mourning and a grieving process. It can be all kinds of different loss that we experience, but, but death is also one of them that, you know, we all are, are privy to as well. And so people who would be navigating all these different kinds of loss and, and facing grief and uh, having a hard time sort of moving forward or feeling stuck, what are some, some, what's some advice or some encouragement that you can give from your journey that could encourage people who may be facing similar challenges? Um, one thing I said before is, you know, the enemy wants us to isolate ourselves. So one thing you, I encourage any of you to do is surround yourself with community. Surround yourself with people who are going to lift you up or who've been through um, similar situations. And, you know, it's okay for us to hurt. It's okay for us to grieve and to, fe- and to have our feelings. Um, but it, we have to know that God is the one who is going to give us the strength to move on. We have to know that we know. Because when you surround yourself with community, you have likeness with others. And that's one thing that helped me. Um, I got connected with people who um, have lost other family members to taking their own lives and um, also um, women who have gone through um, child loss or infant loss. Yeah. And that was able to really empower and yes. encourage you. And so your encouragement to others yes. is find some people, yeah. find a crew, find a crew that you that can, you can do hang this with, with, fellowship with, 
That's so important. And be open and honest and vulnerable too. You know what I mean? Which is scary, but a lot of healing takes place when we when we put ourselves out there like that. Yeah. That's good. What about you, Mateo? What's some, some um, It's kind of like the three-step thing. I've said it in the rest of it, but uh, like the first level is like acceptance, first of all. Um, like I said, whenever you lose anything, it's hard to like think of life without it at first. So acceptance. So acceptance meaning don't go in. Because I, I know, Terry, you shared first service that when you found out about the miscarriage, you went straight to denial. You were like, no, this yeah. heartbeat's going to come back, and this baby's going to thrive, yeah. and it's going to. That's one thing is I lived, I seriously was in denial. I mean, sitting in the, I remember vividly, I'm sitting in the hospital room, and they're telling me, you know, there's no heartbeat, and I'm like, no, I serve a big God. He can start the heartbeat up, you know, yeah. and it's just, I did not want to accept it at all, and that's, like that's, you were saying, that is so one, yeah. huge. Step one, you have to accept what is happening, mm -hmm. even, no matter how hard it hurts. Yeah, yeah. So acceptance is, is a thing you're encouraging people. Make sure you accept this. Uh, as soon as possible. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, it, it's a dark place when you don't. Mm -hmm. And uh, so after acceptance, looking through for the silver lining, like looking for the positive. Um, you know, like for one more big one for me, like my overall family health which is weird, you know, like maybe losing somebody like that. Mind you, my brother was only 29 years old, so like. He was how old? 29? 29. He's okay. very young. So like losing somebody like that, you, uh, it's a big shock to everybody, but it kind of brings unity, which yeah. it's a sad way, but. Um, so just like I've appreciated my overall family health. Yeah. Um, so stuff like that, and then through all of that, but the last one was uh, like just looking for scripture, that strengthens you and, you know, encourages you in that time. And uh, one of the biggest things, um, it was really big in my case because, like, my brother was an addict. Like, I think I said in first service, but I didn't say this one. Um, like, two weeks before he passed, I was like, hey, man, like, come hang out. Like, three days in a row, and he's like, nah, nah, nah. And I, <laughs> I was like, okay. But, you know, like, after losing somebody, you're like, what if I should have just showed up? Should I, you know, should yeah. I just knocked at his door? Blah, yeah, blah, blah, you blah. go into the what ifs and all that sort of thing. So the biggest thing is <clears throat> don't beat yourself up, man. Like it, it happened and that goes with acceptance. But um, no matter how big or small it is, like I said before, is uh, you kind of got to, you have a new life now and it goes on. Like respect them, appreciate them. But, you know, your life has to go on. Yeah. And just yeah that's huge thank you guys for sharing your stories thank you guys for being vulnerable and honest and open especially to a room full of people so i i know i appreciate it. i'm sure others really appreciate you One guys yeah and like i said what tara said too though is community is huge i said that yeah. first service but i forgot i knew i was forgetting something so um yeah like embrace community honestly the most healing like it's been two years the most healing has happened in this last year I've had such a good community around me and just people that love you and encourage you and, you know, no matter what you offer, I think that is probably up there with acceptance. Well, no, no that <laughs> is. That's, that's powerful because, I mean, we say this all the time around here that we're, we're communal beings. Like, we're creating the image of God. 100%. God is a community in and of himself, and so us created in that image, we desire, we yearn for community. We long for that, and so when we're able to find that and, and be a part of that and thrive in that, it really does change everything. Yeah. So that's huge. Guys, thank you for sharing your story. Awesome. Guys, will you w join me in thanking them for... Uh
coming up here and sharing with us. Um, I just have a few kind of closing thoughts here because, you know, I have the opportunity to talk with a lot of people facing um, pain and loss and grief and all of that and, and processing all of that. You know, whenever someone loses something, whether it's a person or a job or a career or a relationship or whatever, uh, they, they turn ultra spiritual, <laughs> you know. Um, whenever they experience that loss, they're like, oh, I need Jesus now all of a sudden. Right, And so I, or if they've been coming to church, then they want to get like super serious about Jesus. But so I have the opportunity, um, you know, being a pastor to have a lot of these conversations. And when I have these conversations, I kind of have a go-to verse that I use when talking with people who are dealing with, with prolonged grief and, and they feel stuck. Because, and, and the thing is, if you searched it on Google, I don't think it'd be one of the verses that come up to be like, if you did like a quick Google search, Bible passages about grief and loss, like this probably wouldn't show up. But I feel like it's so important for us to wrap our heads around, and it's Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, which many of you guys have probably heard this before. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Trust in the Lord and lean not in your own understanding. That part where it says lean not in your own understanding it's, it's literally translated, don't prop yourself up with your own ideas. Don't prop yourself up with your own knowledge. Don't prop yourself up with your own understanding of things. And the reason that I talk about this verse when I'm talking about grief and loss and struggling with all of that is because I feel like so often, as soon as something like that happens, we, tr we immediately go into this mode of trying to make sense of it all. Right? We start asking why. Why did this happen? Why me? Why now? Why this situation? Why not them? Why, 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 why? And we could potentially why ourselves into a paralyzed state where we're like, we can't move forward until we get this figured out. It makes no sense. I gotta make sense of all of this before I can even begin to process and accept it. I gotta make sense of all this before I can even begin to find people to talk to about it. I gotta fully comprehend and understand this. But in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, there's just this subtle encouragement that says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Because here's the deal, guys. Our theology informs the way that we respond to everything. Our theology informs our response to life. And when I say theology, I'm not talking about some $50 word. Theology literally means study of God. Theos is Greek word for, for, for God. Ology is like biology, Scientology, sociology. It's the study of. Our theology is the study of God. Your understanding of God shapes the way you respond to everything. Your understanding of God shapes the way that you respond and react to anything and everything in your life. And so if your understanding of God, if your theology paints a picture of a God that's sovereign, that's in control, that's Lord of all, then your theology also enables you to trust that he is Lord in abundance, but also trust that he is Lord in loss. That in all things, he's still in control. In all things, he is Lord of all. Does that make sense? The way that we view God really impacts the way that we deal with these sorts of things. And so if you're battling grief and loss, listen, I want you to know that it's okay to be sad. It's okay to mourn. I lost my mom in uh, January of 2014. And it was the same sort of situation with Mateo. It was, it was sort of expected. You know, she was battling kidney failure. Um, for six years, she was on dialysis and all the stuff as a result of diabetes. She had all kinds of infections and all kinds of different things that would go down. Um, 
and she would be in and out of the hospital a lot. Like she'd go in for a week, come home, go in for a couple days, come home, go in for two, three weeks, come home. Well, she always came home. Well, she went in at Christmas time, uh, end of 2013, and that time she didn't come home. You know, it, her health took a turn for the worse, like drastically, rapidly, quickly, and it was like boom. And even though we kind of knew that it was coming eventually, when it gets there, you're just like, whoa, whoa, holy crap. And like Mateo was saying, it shakes you to your core. It shakes everything in your life. And you instantly start asking, why? Why my mom, right? She loved God. She served God. She went to church her whole life. Her parents were pastors. She grew up in church. She took me to church my whole life. She followed Jesus, read her Bible, loved her Bible. She was only 49 years old. Why, why now? Why at 49? She didn't get to see all of her grandkids be born. She didn't get to see her grandkids grow up. She can't be there for me and my brother and sister. Why? why? And you get into this mode, and you start going, and you start going, and you start going, and you start questioning everything. And that's okay at first, but listen, don't get stuck there. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. Acknowledge him or submit to him in all your ways and he will direct your path. Don't get stuck there. Don't stop there. Don't give up there. Don't die there. Don't do it. Grief and loss, if we're not intentional, it can become a weight that we carry. And that's why I think this fits so good with the silent killers because guilt and shame becomes a weight that we carry bondage, chains that bind us up. Same thing with, with unforgiveness. It can be the same thing with self-worth linked to body image, and it's the same thing with grief and loss. Don't let it get to that point. And for some of you, that's all the challenge you need. That's all the encouragement you need this morning. You're like, you're right. You're right. I gotta, I gotta accept this. I gotta get a community. I gotta move forward. I gotta do this. For some of you, that's the case. But, but for some of us, this also means something deeper, I think. For some of us, we could be hearing this and saying, man, okay, what he just said, that's, that's it right there. For some of us, I feel like we need an adequate understanding and perspective of who God is. Some of us need to reshape and reimagine our perspective in view of who God is. We need to understand some things about God. We need to learn some things about God. What Mateo said um, earlier in the first service uh, that he, he wasn't able to share in this service, he said, you know, when I began to read these passages of scripture, when I began to process these things, he's like, I knew that these things were true. I knew that these things were, were, were God. I knew that this is what God had called me to do. And so I just had to make the switch and begin to act on them, to take a step in that direction. But for some of us, we need to realign what we know about God. We need to realign our understanding about God. We need to understand that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We need to understand that God loves you and cares for you deeply and passionately. We need to understand that God is concerned with the most intricate details of your life. That he cares about the things that you care about and he loves you in spite of all the mess and junk that you're in. But then we also need to understand that God is so cosmic that he can breathe stars and galaxies into existence. Our, our understanding of God shapes the way that we respond to all things. And so for all of us in here, maybe you're in here, you just need to wrap your head around that and say, man, I need to understand that. that I, I used to say this all the time, and then people told me to stop singing in church. But I would say, he's got the whole world in his hands. If you're having a hard time believing that, accepting that, and receiving that perspective, then maybe you need to spend some time 
recalibrating your understanding of who God is in respect to who you are. Maybe this morning is more about you shaping and forming your theology, your understanding, your study of God, your understanding of who he is, because that informs everything, everything about how you live life. Your understanding of God shapes everything about how you respond to anything that comes your way. Your theology does that. And so make sure, for all of us, we need to make sure that we're keeping grief in its place, that grief is not keeping us in our place. Does that make sense? We need to make sure that we're keeping grief in its place and it's not keeping us in our place. And so I want to invite you this morning to do some business with God. I want to invite you this morning. The band's going to lead us in one more song, and then we have a really cool surprise for you guys today. But the band's going to lead us in one more song so we can respond and sort of maybe do some business with God this morning. So let me pray for you. God. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and you experience life change. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but still want to support this faith community, visit our giving page at centralchurch.cc. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes.